The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the second to last episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. We It's been a long, wild ride, and we are almost done. We've almost watched all of The Sopranos, Vince. Isn't that crazy? I am uh, sad. I have bittersweet feelings. It's been a wild ride, uh, but it's about to come to an end, and uh, you know. Are you really sad about it, or are you tired of The Sopranos a little bit? <laughs> No, I'm sad about it. I'm not tired of the no. I you know, I wish I could say that I'm tired of the Sopranos, but I'm really not. I think I'm there. I'm done with this show. Okay. It's like I get it. It's just, you know, he's uh Ugh, they're Italian. He's yeah, he's eating gabagool. He's looking at titties and meat. I don't, I don't I don't it's anyways. I mean, it's a great show. Obviously, we have enjoyed talking about it with all of you guys and uh we're going to miss you for the brief break we take between doing another podcast about a tv show that ended 20 years ago but um in the meantime no spoilers five stars. no spoilers on the next one you know oh well yeah i mean i'm not trying to spoil it but you know don't do the math anyways um five stars in a review uh please do it because like i said i want to get those numbers up because it makes me feel good and if we don't do it then uh then maybe we won't do another podcast motherfuckers we'll just fucking We'll just watch a show together alone and yeah. not record it. We'll like talk a couple about of it friends. In our wallets. We'll just pull them out and <laughs> talk into it. Uh, real quick, Charlie Penner uh, and Jason are still $100 patrons, and they are still the bee's knees with the biggest D's. And I want to feel their balls in my mouth. Okay. That's, that's good enough. Guys, today... We are going to be talking about from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode 8, The Blue Comet. Ooh. And our guest today, oh boy, he is a, another returning champion of Pod Yourself a Gun. I believe maybe a first 
possible, possibly second season of Pod Yourself a Gun, you know him as the EP of the hit shows Harley Quinn and Abbott Elementary. And you know him, of course, from the Film Drunk Frogcast. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, our guest today is Justin Halpern. Hey, guys. Yay. Thanks for... Uh, I, was, I was the first season. I think I did episode maybe like seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah, was, I mean... early. I remember that was like at a time it was before we had committed completely to doing this show uh, virtually. And I think Vince, you were, you were like in, I don't know where you were, but you he was in LA. Oh, he wasn't, was, did he show up to it? Cause I, for some reason, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It was in like his kitchen. No, it was my kitchen. Oh. I rem- yeah. I remember you came over to my apartment uh, and uh, possibly Vince also came too, but I, yeah, he I, did. I, I do remember thinking to I myself, think I was just down for the day or the week or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't know. Otherwise, I don't know why we'd have been doing it in your <clears throat> kitchen. Otherwise, I remember it specifically because as soon as Justin showed up, you showed up to my apartment. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing because it was a very small, <laughs> it was like a very one bedroom apartment. It was like very, the first apartment you get when you move to LA. And, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, like, should I clean up first? And I, then you'd been there at least two years at that point. I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember walking into that apartment and thinking like, is this like a Lord of the Rings thing where it's a forced perspective? Cause you're so large, Matt. And I was like, <laughs> Is this a small apartment or is Matt just gigantic? It was like how they would shoot Ian McKellen yeah. and and Elijah Wood would be like 150 feet in front yeah, of him. It's, but they right. shoot it so it looks- It's like Andre the Giant holding a Pepsi can. That was Matt. Yeah, McKellen. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I no, was like so shocked because it was the first time I think I had met you in person. Yeah. And I was like, is this the biggest man I've ever seen or the smallest apartment? I got, I got a really small apartment to make my dick look bigger. So that way. <laughs> Yeah, it looks, you know, like whenever a girl's over, it's like, damn, your your dick's as big as the kitchen. Who? Wait, hold so, on. Who are you? Are you bigger than Gary Goldman? Who's the biggest Jew in uh, in in L.A.? Like, do you mean like like height or big? Because like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we. Ron Perlman is is oh is, true. He's he, very large. he's probably like six three, but he's like three hundred pounds. He also, and it's his mostly, head is like two cinder blocks. I sat behind him on an airplane once. His teeth are cinder blocks. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. like he looks like he just his chompers are just made out of cinder blocks. Yeah. He's a he's a big scary. He's a big scary. I like him. I like when Jews are scary looking. Yeah, yeah. It's not a stereotype we get often. So when we get no. it, it's like yeah. Yeah, it's like That's I'm right. proud you of it. can be scary. Yeah, look at this fucker. <laughs> that guy's huge. Because usually it's this just like... This guy's a fucking freak. <laughs> yeah, look at this guy's... I mean, He does fair, control like... the media. He, he yeah. held some guy upside down and uh, shook it out of his pockets. <laughs> he literally has horns in Hellboy. I do love that they, <laughs> they, they made Hellboy a Jew. I never thought about that before. Um... Anyways, uh, The Sopranos, you know, you were on for the first season. You talked about some early stuff. Now you're here for the last season, the second to last episode. Uh, have you, did you watch every, you've seen all of The Sopranos, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen all The Sopranos, but the, I watched all The Sopranos. Then I never watched it again until I did your first season. I watched that episode. Mm-hmm. And then I have not watched another episode until I watched this episode <laughs> right now, several years later. A lot, of ha- so, a lot happened in between. I don't know if you know that. 
but yeah, uh, yeah. No, there's well, you got a good happened. memory. You're talking about like shit that happened to you when you were ten in Little League, and I, I pretty much blurred out all those memories. I don't know if I got molested or not. I don't think so, but uh, probably. I mean, my coach is in jail for that. Anyway, uh, wow. It's Fred. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was Fresno. Most people are in jail from Fresno for that. Oh, I thought it was just most Little League coaches, but sure, yeah, that 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 checks out too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I imagine you as someone who writes television. Um, look at the Sopranos and is like, man, that's a good show. So, do you like uh, the Sopranos? Yeah, I love the Sopranos. I didn't think Hell like yeah. it, it was funny watching this episode. Should I get into the episode? No, not yet. Right? Or no, just, just talk about generally. I or you say, can talk about the episode. I would just say like it reminded me watching this episode. Like I loved the Sopranos. I I enjoyed <laughs> it very much. But it reminded me watching this episode the parts of the Sopranos where I was like. Oh yeah, this part I just never remember not giving a shit about as I watched <laughs> like this storyline. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I so, don't really care about Lorraine Bla- Bracco at all. Yeah, yeah, it's always been my uh, least favorite storyline. Still is as a professional television man. Uh, would yeah, you say that's... The Sopranos is underrated, uh, overrated, or uh, accurately rated? Uh, you know, I think it was probably accurately rated which is rated very very high i mean i think you have to look at like historically what it did too Mm -hmm. like it it it, you can look at some shows as like ruining tv for a while because everyone tried to do it afterwards and that's kind of like the hallmark of a really important show yeah like i don't i didn't like friends very much but friends ruined television for the next 15 years after (laughs) because everybody was like six people living together in their 20s it's like fuck this is awful (laughs) we're all sexy and maybe they're gonna do it yeah Yeah. uh and one of them's wacky uh so and they're all they're all collecting a check from the government is that that, that's a show that should exist (laughs) yeah where they get like some sort of government settlement check for like some sort of they live near like a toxic waste site and they all have they're covered in sores but uh it's just a regular sitcom other than the check i think that was fraser yeah that was fraser that was fraser yeah um so I think I think Sopranos is properly rated because it was like every show after Sopranos was like, what if a bad guy was the main character? Yeah, right. yeah that's I see, true. Remember, like for a few years there, where uh, like a comedian would do a joke and get pushback from it, and he'd be like, "Oh, but Louis C.K. did a joke like that," and it would be like, uh, "If you're not Louis C.K., then don't do this right. joke." I kind of feel that way about like the Sopranos and, and Breaking Bad where it's like, okay, if you're not like the Sopranos or Breaking Bad, like your episode doesn't need to be one hour and six minutes long or whatever. And you don't need mm. to stretch out an arc over, uh, you know, like it was revolutionary when the Sopranos did it. But at this point you, you got like mediocre B minus shows, uh, that are fucking treating themselves like their prestige TV. And it's like, right. dude, there's, there's too much TV for you to be uh, trying to do that at this point. Yeah, also, I mean, oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I just who who decided on you know thirteen episodes? That's the other thing. Tired of that. Give me six to three. That's all I need. <laughs> to three. <That's> three. Like, <laughs> Give three me... episodes is like barely a. That's not even a movie's length. I, I want three episodes, maybe forty-two minutes each, and then I want the series to be over because then you're good. That's all you need, man. That's all you need. That's all I need. 
These That's not just... what I need to get paid. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I look. I love. I think forty to forty-three minutes ideal length. And yeah, like, and now you uh, now Barry's back on, and you're like, okay, you can do like a great drama in a half-hour show. This show is clearly proving that 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 is possible and and actually great. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think TV shows need to like you know we make an animated show, we make Harley Quinn, and like. That if that was over 22 minutes, you'd want to throw your TV out the window. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, there's no reason for it to be. It's just all like jokes. And at a certain point, it's just like, you don't even feel them anymore. It's yeah. like, you're desensitized. And, you know, same with dramas. It's like, I actually, when I watched this episode, I looked at the runtime before I started and it was 50 minutes, which is really more like 46 or 47. I was like, right. oh, wow, that's right. Yeah. We used to make episodes that are this length. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, nice man. tight 45. Every that's time I watch I like. Catastrophe, I'm like, God, this is the best fucking show on earth because it's like 15, 18 minutes long or something. And it's wonderful. And uh, yeah, it's great. You ever, you ever watch a Vine? That was yeah, the best. I loved Vine. Vine was, that was great. A- that was it. I still Seven have seconds. I still have the DMX llama uh, bookmarked on my phone because I like it wow. that much. That is, is a old? good one, though. It's yeah, really it is. Good. I every once in a while, when because I've been I've been working at Warner Brothers for a long time now, and like every once in a while they'll call us and they'll be like, "Hey, do you want to meet with so and so?" And it'll usually be like some influencer or somebody <laughs> and like i can't shit on them because i'm like the guy from twitter like twitter launched my whole career so i like mm. try to keep an open mind but one time they called me and they were like we have someone we think he's really special do you know the fat jew <laughs> and i never do this but i was like get out of business with that man right now right i was yeah. like I was like, he is the worst person. Get the fuck out of business. No talent. Leave. Yeah, he's famous for stealing memes at a time when stealing memes was the norm. So he must have yeah. really been yeah. stealing. Do you know oh, yeah. Rex Chapman? Uh, he's got a lot of... <laughs> and it's like, dude, like if, if that guy's running his own social media account, I will eat my own dick. Like, get out of here. <laughs> this is not a podcast about various influencers that we have heard of. No, this is a Sopranos podcast. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. Today, once again, we're going to be talking about from season six B of The Sopranos, episode eight, "The Blue Comet." Now, this episode premiered on June third, two thousand and seven. Uh, Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? The allegiance of those closest to Tony is put to the test. A case of mistaken identity has serious ramifications. Mm, okay. I think that well, those are things that happened. Yeah, and and sure. That's just like a couple 
random things that I don't, I don't think the person that writes these watches the episodes. I get though at this point pho- phoning it in because sure. uh, 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 yeah, know. who's reading this? Who's synopsis? like reading that and being like, I don't know if I want to watch this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, Either like who's gonna not. check? Just make it up. Uh, you see, that's what I want to see yeah. one of these days. Tony runs into a guy in his car and gets sentenced to be his butler. <laughs> exactly. I'd Tony gets yeah. he gets trapped in an elevator with Luigi. And they <laughs> uh all right, but what was happening at the time that the episode like premiered? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's right, Matt. Uh I think what you're trying to say is that uh, it's it's mm-hmm. impossible to evaluate art outside of its cultural context and yes absolutely therefore we like to put some of that cultural context back in with a little something that we like to call the remember when machine what what remember remember when is the lowest form of conversation yeah uh some things that were going on we're going all the way back to june 3rd 2007 mm-hmm. beautiful day uh, in the neighborhood, if I remember right. Um, some of the things that happened, uh, first of all, uh, Scooter Libby was sentenced to 30 months in prison. I think we mentioned this on a previous episode when the trial started. Uh, yeah. What are you doing in? Uh, I, Lewis Scooter Libby, once one of, first of all, that is a power name. When you got That's the whole a, name, you, you I, got, Lewis? You got an, uh, an initial for the first name, uh, then he goes by his second name, but not really that. He actually goes by a nickname. That is like old school, like 1930s congressman style. Uh, That's power. a Republican tradition. That's like G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah, H. Howard Hunt, yeah. uh, T. Boone Pickens. Mm-hmm. We're going with mm-hmm. that one. Um, I, Lewis Scooter Libby, once one of the most powerful men in government, was sentenced yesterday to two and a half years in prison for lying to a grand jury and to federal FBI agents who were investigating the unmasking of a CIA operative during a fierce debate over the war in Iraq. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He, he, Valerie Plain? Yeah, was Valerie that Plain stuff. He, do- wow. he doxed her. That was an early doxing. Oh, it was an early doxing. When, back before doxing was a thing. Back before the word doxing lost uh, all meaning. Um, right. We talked about it before. You know, he got his sentence, I believe, commuted by George W. Bush and later <laughs> was pardoned. I don't know why that by Trump. to happen, but by, by Trump. Um, which No, I liked... That was the thing Trump would do that I was like kind of okay with was like he would take people who had already served their time and he would just be like by the way you're pardoned so it's all good in the hood bro and i feel like that was uh it because it doesn't do anything right it just it reminds me of in schindler's list when uh (laughs) ray fines goes through that brief uh stage where instead of killing people he he wants to see if he can feel the same rush by like not by pardoning them them. yeah Yeah. that's and then he Right, and then he just like snipers a child. Yeah, that was. Right. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this before, but like I was like, why did Trump pardon G. Gordon Liddy? Uh, was it because of The Apprentice? Uh, and it, it's not. But uh, Scooter Libby actually wrote a book called The Apprentice uh, at some point, like before mm. he was uh, in, in jail. But I uh, can see Trump just seeing the title of that book and being like, "That's so kind." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah. He made my career. Um, other things that were happening, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, right about this time, The Sopranos was about to end. Um, what? 
And oh no, because of that, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, they the one of the headlines is mysterious surfer drama to take Sopranos spot. Oh hell yeah, oh, dude! If you expect yes. David Milch to concisely explain the premise of his inscrutable new HBO drama, we have three words for you: not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Maestro Milch, who could discourse metaphysically about cardboard cool uh takes offense at the notion that john from cincinnati can be summarized in one neat tv grid friendly sentence How, uh, i can what? i can summarize it it's, <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> how dare you it's a wonderful show i i enjoyed it i didn't know what was happening but i was like this is leading somewhere and uh-huh. then they canceled it uh, hbo can't do it either apparently John's marketing campaign is as enigmatic as the Surf Noir series itself, which hits the beach at 10 p.m. this Sunday. This show cannot be sold in a soundbite, sniffs Milch, 62, creator of HBO's Deadwood and co-creator of NYPD Blue. The absence of an identifiable convention is what makes the show hard to explain. You can't say it's a mystery or a Western or an anti-Western or a comedy or a tragedy. You can't necessarily put a name on every experience in order to sell it. Uh-huh. I, I mean, they're doing a little much. I, I, as someone who watched the show and enjoyed it, uh, I could say uh, it was like um, it was like a, a mystery show about a an angel surfer who talked in other people's sentences. Which mm. I guess that doesn't sell the show. That's not a good elevator pitch. <laughs> it's like, what uh, if K packs on a surfboard? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you know it's it's K packs meets fucking Blue Crush. Uh, yeah, Blue Crush. Uh, what's the the name of that? Uh, Point. Gidget. Okay, yeah, there you go. It's yeah. funny because like sometimes HBO, you're just so like conditioned to think, especially in 2007, that like anything HBO aired at some mm-hmm. Sunday nights was going to be fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and I almost feel like collectively America all at the same time was like. Wait, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it was like uh, all dream sequence. That that mm-hmm. was like, people love Sopranos for the dream sequences. Oops, so all dream sequences. <laughs> Oops, well, all dream sequences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was great. In other news, you know, the, the primaries were going on. Uh, this is from the caucus, the New York Times' political blog. Uh, mm. Gingris, Ging, sorry, Gingrich assesses the Republican field. Uh, During a speech in Washington this morning, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich gently praised several fellow Republicans who have launched presidential bids, criticized one, and offered few clues about the chances he would step into the race. Uh, You want to take any bets on which ones he praised and which ones that he shit on? Did he praise like Pat Buchanan or something? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. Gingrich touted Rudolph Giuliani's extraordinary achievements as mayor of New York. And said that as a candidate, he, quote, has certainly done better so far than people would have guessed. Uh, Former Governor Mitt Romney, he added, is a very serious person who is working very hard. He's very serious. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You can't deny that. No, that guy is a serious person. He's a serious man. Hardest working man in Mormonism. Uh, if <laughs> former Senator Fred Thompson enters the race, he would, quote, be a very formidable candidate, according to Gingrich. Uh, left out of yeah. Mr. Gingrich's top three was Senator John McCain, who he said is facing the greatest challenge in the Republican primary because of his association. A black daughter. <laughs> is it that? Yeah. Is it- <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's not what he said. Because of his association with the McCain-Feingold campaign finance legislation and the immigration bill he co-sponsored, which stalled in the Senate yesterday, 
uh, yeah. So he's facing Wait. a tough challenge because he uh, he accidentally did a couple of good things. Yeah, he did yeah. two good things, and they're like, "No, we can't have that." I I ran into Newt Gingrich once. Uh, I was at the Getty Museum in L.A. <laughs> yeah. and I turned a corner and I saw him there with with his wife, Callista, mm-hmm. yeah. the one that he married when his other wife was Calista dying Blackheart. of cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were standing looking at this painting and it was apparently she was looking at it too long because he goes, move, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Move on. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> He's just embarrassed to look at art for too long. Stop taking in this art. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> uh, if, if you feel something, I will leave you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in other news, the the stock market was down because the Fed uh, refused to lower the interest rates. Mister um, Mister Bernanke said yesterday that the Fed expected the economy to pull out of its current funk and weather the slowdown in the housing market. Bad uh, call. Yeah, great yeah. call. We expect the economy to advance at a moderate pace, close to or slightly below the economy's trend rate of expansion. He said. Well, he's an expert. He would know. So maybe he was right. <laughs> he got that exactly right. As we all mm-hmm. know, nothing bad. The economy in 2007 mm-hmm. just kept right on going. Nothing bad happened. At and all. we all got jobs after college. <laughs> the end. <laughs> uh, Great the, time to be alive. The top movies in the country were Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Mm-hmm. Which was the third movie in that series i believe i think that was the one where i forced myself to fall asleep in the theater because i was so it, fucking exhausted by so long the it's plot twist. so long it's brutal yeah for uh, some reason francesca loves all of the pirates movies oof. and so what last thanksgiving she forced me to sit and watch two of them in a row mm. and it was like the only time i was ever like we should break up. <laughs> it was, it was, like I it was, I can't. This is this can't be a tradition, you know. Yeah. This can't be like a thing we do on Thanksgiving. No, 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 no. I was an outlier in that I did not even like the first one. I was very excited. I mean, I like I pirates. Like the first one. I know it's very basic to enjoy like the concept of pirates, but I was like, ooh, a pirate movie. That sounds cool. I like ships <laughs> and criminals. Uh, and then the, then it was like a bunch of fucking dancing skeletons doing a, a ghost story and i was like man this sucks uh and then they I just kept making them longer after that the i think maybe i've told the story in the broadcast before <laughs> but uh right after pirates of the caribbean came out um i had been working at a website and i did an interview of jesse jane do you guys remember mm. that porn star oh, yeah. jane? Oh, we had her on oh, the yeah, broadcast yeah. once you did yeah she like no showed the first few times and then i think we actually got her on and it was it wasn't great I, I interviewed her at Magic Mountain. Anyway, the, <laughs> it was such a weird thing. Uh, afterwards, she like gave me a bunch of DVDs of her porn, which yeah. is like a, I don't know, I guess, you, you know, if you're it's author, like a headshot. you give your books. Yeah, 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 I get it. So I one of them was a, this, the most expensive porn that had ever been made. It was called yes. Pirates, and it was like yeah. a take on Pirates of the Caribbean. So at the time, my wife, who my wife, my wife, who was just who was just my girlfriend at the time, 
uh, she was like, hey, what do you want to do? And I, and I was like, oh, let's watch a movie. I rented this cool Pirates movie. Because <laughs> the first like eight minutes of it are just like a regular bad movie yeah. with like bad CG. So I'm like putting it in and she's like, you heard this was good? This is so bad. And then like watching it, watching it. And then they start making out and she's like, wow, they're really going at it. And then she just, Jane just pulls his pants down and shoves his dick in her mouth. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck kind of movie is this? <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is actually pirates, the porn that I was given by Jesse Jane. Oh uh, man, that is that's a prank worth every second of the buildup. You know? yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. I think after interviewing a couple porn people, they kept sending me the DVDs, and you know we're from the generation where like porn is still like the precious. Uh, and yeah 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 like you can't i mean we had a, if you had like a playboy like stashed in the woods somewhere like you know you couldn't you couldn't possibly throw it away um, right and i never watched any but i had like 20 porn dvds at least that i couldn't bear to throw away and it was like i don't know what to do with these I, and after a while i didn't even have like a dvd player to play them in um, mm-hmm. but i just had them <laughs> collecting space because I was like, ah, but I, why would I throw these out? They got to be valuable to someone. I'll, I'll, I'll buy a PlayStation at some point to watch these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's uh, the yeah. saddest jacking off ever. Watching a porn on a PlayStation, <laughs> yeah. jacking off. Like your your life is not going in the direction you want it to go when you're jacking off to a porn that's in a PlayStation. Having to use the controller to get to the app that plays the porn. <laughs> it's like it's telling you it's not meant to play this, and you're just like, "Fuck it, this is the only way I can watch this." Oh, that is incredible. Uh, I I actually did watch, uh, or I I attempt to attempted to watch the pirates porn as well. It was like me and my friends in college, like we got it. We're like, let's watch it. It's the most expensive porn, and it was this, the thing that happens. I think every time dudes try to watch porn together, which is uh, you get really uncomfortable being next, being horny next to your friends, yeah. and you're just like, oh, I don't like this. It's like, uh, but then it feels like you can't turn it off either, so you're just sort of stuck in this weird sort of state. Well, you can't, you can't get up because right. you have a boner. Sure. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, followed by mm-hmm. Knocked Up in its first weekend. Oh, yeah. Surprise hit. Followed by mm-hmm. Shrek the Third, Mr. Brooks, which was... Uh, a movie. Mr. Brooks. That was the Dane Cook movie, right? Yeah, and starred like a evil Kevin Costner. Evil. I thought it was an evil Dane Cook, and it was a good Kevin Costner. Mm, I can't remember honestly. I never saw it, but I I was very happy for Dane Cook at that moment in my life. Sure, <laughs> I was rooting for him. I was an early Dane Cook adopter yeah. when I was in high school. I saw him at the Laugh Factory, and I was like, "That's the funniest man alive." That guy needs to be a fucking star. And then they gave him some shots and it just didn't work out. He know? had a lot of shots. He had more than most people get. But yeah. uh, unfortunate for him, he he struck out. Um, top song, pop song in the country was Makes Me Wonder by Maroon 5. Uh, Terrorists. Uh, um, and yeah. the top rock song was What I've Done by Linkin Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what was going on at the time that this episode came out. So moving on to getting a little bit into the episode, um, as you 
mentioned before, Vince, uh, the synopsis is simple. Uh, allegiance of those closest to Tony is put to the test. Case of mistaken identity, blah, blah, blah. Boring old IMDb synopsis, which is why I have a synopsis for everyone right here. Oh, good. And uh, I hope you will enjoy it. Have you ever tried this before? Six being has come and passed. <laughs> it's Green We're Day. almost done with this podcast. Wake <laughs> me up when Sopranos ends. Yeah, bitch. Vince Mancini's dick is trash. Six seasons has gone so fast. Wake me up when Sopranos ends. I fuck Justin Halpern's mom. I fuck Justin Halpern's mom. Oh, wow. I remember this chorus. want to hear the rest of the song of course you go to the very end of the episode but yes yeah sometimes is, you do songs that i don't know but then now you now you're doing green day and you're really speaking my language oh good i'm glad uh, for a second i, I thought you're gonna say you didn't know that song oh, which no, is no, no, no. possible because i feel like some of the later it depends on when you were born but like for some people nimrod was the last you know green day album mm. that they knew now listen I was an early adopter, like, you know, mm. I, I think I could say, like, unironically that, like, you know, Green Day changed my life in some way. Uh, oh. st- still get goosebumps when I hear that those, that first little drum fill that starts the the first song on Dookie. And, and did you, wh- wh- it's, why? What did it change? Your, did you get your first hand job to one of those songs? No, I mean, I see, I feel like uh, punk either came at you like a thunderbolt or... Uh, or it didn't, or you like grew up in a place where you were cool enough to be exposed to things that were punkish before Green Day. I was not. I grew up in yeah in the country outside Fresno, and so like this was my first experience of like punk, which was to me was like oh this is like all the good parts of rock without all like the sh- the shitty stuff and like the, yeah I could never get into metal because they're always like making mean faces at you and like. You know, it's very, it's too theatrical for me. It was always too theatrical. Um, but yeah, that would change my life. And as a huge fan, I would say that uh, Green Day made nothing but uh, bangers uh, until uh, the, uh, the, fucking, the, tri- the triple album. No, it was before. Well, it, the, 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 the album that ruined them was American Idiot, which was a good album. Yeah. But that was the first time any critics uh, thought that they were good and like said anything nice about them ever. Um, and so I think so they, that's when they sold out. Well, I think they took they were like, oh, people like when we do concept albums. We should keep doing that. And it's like, no, no, no. You, re- oh. you really should not do concept albums at all, ever. I love that they turned it into a musical. That's my favorite <laughs> thing. Like yeah. there, there, there are people like grown, grown people going to see American Idiot, the musical. And I think those are the people that are sadder than the people who jack off on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely would rather jack off on the PlayStation. Yeah. Than, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
than subject myself to a Green Day musical. If you go to the Green Day musical, you like drive back with your wife in your like sedan back to your house. <laughs> And then you like pretend to take a shit and go in the bathroom and jack off watching porn on your phone. <laughs> but if you're the person who jacks off just on the PlayStation, you're living the life. You, you know, nobody makes the rules, but you. Right. Yeah. That is that's that's just you and you alone. You are subject to no one else's rules. Yeah. Um, Even as someone who says the band changed my life, I never understood more than 60% of the lyrics in any given song. And uh, it never struck me as like, ooh, this is just like high level lyrical content. And I would like to hear more mm -hmm. of uh, your thoughts. Sorry, just to go back, just thinking about after you come, you have to hit the X, <laughs> the X button to stop it from playing. It's got to be such a terrible moment for you. No, you you're getting notifications the... on the side of people who are playing games right now and you're like, when I'm done, I'm definitely joining that person for some Call of Duty. You have to take the disc out to put your game yeah. in to do something else. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, so The Sopranos. What is it? Well, <laughs> It's a show. Uh, so th let's talk about this episode, The Blue Comet. Um, general thoughts. Vince, what did you think of this episode? Uh, again, it's very bittersweet. Um, you mm. know, like, the, the it's starting to get depressing. The show is very obviously, like, coming to an end. It's r wrapping up. Um, all the good characters are dying. But um, even more so than me being sad that the show is ending i think yeah i think there's a sadness that the sopranos has to like build up towards a finale um mm. because you know one of the things that i always loved about the show was that it sort of imagined this idea of like the fall as maybe not such like a big dramatic event like there's gonna be you know there's yeah. not gonna be like a comet that comes in right like it's not gonna be it's like it's not the gonna be cinematic yeah that's, no the, 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 the fucking barbarians are not gonna burn down uh the empire it's maybe just like your life gets a little bit worse every day and you're you can't relate to your friends as much anymore mm -hmm. and your your kids are all going crazy and like spiraling a little bit um and so uh, to have like the, the plot line of the show end in like this sort of climactic war between uh, the right. New Jersey crew uh, and the <clears throat> New York crew, it sort of, it feels like it cuts against what the Sopranos was trying to do a little bit, even though like I get it from a television standpoint and <clears throat> it's, and it's exciting and I'm still compelled by the show. Um, right. It feels, it feels un Sopranos in a, in, a, in an odd way. I like that you would rather that the finale or the final season just be like eight episodes of Tony's lawyers in litigation. I mean, I don't have like, like I'm not saying like, I don't have a constructive idea of, of like, Oh, this could have been better if they did this. It's just, I right. don't know. It, it adds to the bittersweetness of, of the show ending, I guess. <laughs> Tony just gets hit by a car. <laughs> That's how the show ends. I mean, yeah. if they ended yeah. it like Omar getting shot by a little kid in the, uh, convenience store i think that would have been solid spoiler too. alert yeah. damn Sorry. um yeah justin what did you think of this episode yeah you know i think this this was a really good episode that for, to sum up the sopranos because i feel like it showed the things that did, it did really well as a show and then the things that i think it kind of like leaned into because it was like the gimmick right uh like i think it like having again not having watched the sopranos in a really long time when i watched the show 
and I'm watching it and getting into it this episode, I'm like, oh, right. All the Lorraine Bracco shit. I don't fucking care, (laughs) you know? But then like the scene where he uh, comes into his kid's room and he, and he tells him Bobby's dead. Um, And, and he's like, I'm just really fucking sad right now. And (laughs) you can see it's like, it's Tony's realizing he says, yeah, I'm really depressed right now. And you can see that like, it's the same thing Tony's worried about in himself and he's mm-hmm. that he hates about himself that he yeah. sees in his kid. And so he's so fucking mean to his kid in that moment. He's just like, pack your fucking bags. He throws them to the ground. Yeah. And like, that's what the Sopranos did so well. It's like this guy, it's like this relatable thing, right? It's like all the things you hate about yourself when you see him in your kids, they yes. make you so angry and you have <laughs> to like, you, you have to like calm yourself down and remember like, look, this is a different individual and obviously Tony can't do that. So I think it does that kind of stuff so well. The other thing it does really well is like show sort of like the buffoonery of the mafia. So yes. much yes. of the mafia before Sopranos was like either it was Scorsese shit where they were still like very like capable right. uh, mafiosos. But like when the guy comes, the two like Italian hitmen that come over, he's like, it's a DHL. <laughs> like, he's like, he like, because that's what it would be. He's like, it's yeah. covered so bad. The guy answers the door. He's like, who are you? It's a package of DHL. <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> sorry, I'm doing blah, 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 I love that. I have, I have um, a clip of that. DHL. Yeah, yes. uh, DHL Express for Mr. Phillips. DHL. That entire thing was like, if they actually got the right guy, if it was Philly, wouldn't he know immediately he was about to be killed? Two of but the like, most oh, yes. immigrant Italians of all time are like, I have a package for you. I come on up to your apartment to give you a package. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, no, you have to sign for this. <laughs> I feel like that's the reality because every time you see those, like the, the cops bust one of these guys, it's like Bobby so and so. He only graduated first grade and we found him with shit in his pants. It's like they don't get like, they don't get like the best and brightest to do this stuff. And so I love that the Sopranos kind of like leaned into that, even in like the scene at the beginning where he strangles him. It's like, it's messy and it's not yes, that like the dog's artful. barking. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a fucking mess. So I think like it it had all of the elements of like the stuff the Sopranos did well. Yes. And then also the stuff where it's like, oh, right. But the gimmick is he's a shrink. Yeah, yeah. This guy goes to well, a shrink. I think, I think like the 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 downside of, of what like they felt like they had to put a button on the Melfi storyline. And it's like, you mm-hmm. didn't have to, like, we knew that he's treading water this whole time. So the idea that you have to come to some sort of uh, catharsis over the fact that Tony's going to therapy with Melfi was, I don't know. It felt like they're, they're reaching for some sort of closure where there was never any, and we never really expected there to be. I don't think. I mean, they needed to wrap it up. And I do, I think personally, if they had chosen, not to wrap it up, I feel like it would have been kind of strange, especially since it is, I think, only a matter of time before she realizes, like, he's he's not going to be able to be helped I by this. they could have wrapped it up with him continuing, continuing to lie to himself and using therapy as, you know, a, like another self-justification strategy, because that was kind I of think what they he got did as, the entire show. Yeah, but I think they got as close as possible to kind of just pulling the plug on it and not putting too much thought into it's not like they tried to end that with a war like sure a, a different show would have been like and then 
you know, they Philly captures Melfi and he's like <laughs> right. has to choose between his son yeah. and his, you know, yeah. like but the, in, the, I was just saying, it's just it's funny that like in a show that is like lauded and rightfully so is one of the greatest shows of all time, like the mm-hmm. trope of like someone talking to a therapist so you can get there. It's like the same as like addressing the fourth wall. Like mm-hmm. it's one yeah. of the hackiest things yes. you can do like I, every time we're writing a pilot for it, it was inevitable when we're writing a network pilot they're like well is there a way maybe he could just talk to a therapist and tell him all the problems <laughs> so that the audience knows what his problems are and you're like how about we just fucking show what his problems are by having right. him interact with other human beings and you can right. tell he's fucked up and yeah. it's like it's weird to have a show that's this good kind of rely on this like really hacky trope yeah, yeah I, and, and and I feel like you know obviously Sopranos does it better than yeah for sure ev- everyone else that that tried it, um, but yeah it, it is something that kind of it loses it, it, at this point in the series you're done with it you know I, you're like yeah, it, I, I it's mean, run I, its course and it's not really what the it's not the engine of the show it's like. Uh, it's like you know the same thing with Breaking Bad, where like two seasons in, they're like he doesn't have to solve every problem with science. Like we <laughs> right. can do, yeah, he's not we fucking can Encyclopedia do... Brown, right? Exactly, he's not fucking MacGyver. Like it doesn't have to be this, you know. I do, but I mean, th- I always appreciated that about The Sopranos to some extent that it was like this really brilliant show, but also was still, uh, you know, it's still like it's not afraid to be a little bit hack TV writer too. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it leaned. It used those tropes well, and sometimes it used it against the audience to kind of like subvert your expectations of what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and to speak more uh, to your point, um, Justin, about one of the things The Sopranos does well, and this episode does well, is showing the buffoonery of the mob. Uh, so, after the scene, the opening scene in which. Uh, this guy Carlo Gervasi, who I don't know if we've ever met him before, but he gets garroted by Bert? um oh Bert. That's yeah. his name. Yeah, he's related to Carlo. Yeah, at first uh, I thought it was the guy who was the snitch in the like the random no. snitch that they showed a few episodes back. But no, no. it's just, it's just some, some guy, guy Bert. Yeah. Some guy named Bert uh gets uh garroted and uh it's you know, it's funny because you see the dog barking and everything's crashing and all that. But then in the the very next scene, you see this meeting between uh, Phil Leotardo and Butchie and all the like the Brooklyn mobsters. And they're, he's kind of going over the reasons why he's putting a hit out on Tony. And like his pretext for mob war is so fucking silly it's like the first thing he mentions uh is butchie mentions redundancy like he's like well first of all they have a redundant structure here where we're kicking up you know fucking uh we have to split the money with too many people in upper management which is yeah one guy's one guy's giving like the the anodyne corporate explanation for why you gotta kill a guy and the other guy's giving like the medieval like no, nah, they don't even do the ceremony right. You don't even prick your finger. <laughs> yeah. There's no sword on the, it. It reminded me of like reading, uh, <clears throat> reading about like when they expelled all the Jews from Spain or mm-hmm. whatever. Where like it didn't even seem like the anti-Semitism was like advanced at that stage. They were like, hey, they don't even use the fucking pork fat when they cook. What the fuck is right. wrong with these guys? Yeah, yeah. These guys are doing some weird shit. Cooking the house smells want... like olive oil. I don't know. I don't like. It. <laughs> I don't like it at all. We decapitate 
And we do business with whatever's left. They got redundant upper management, bleeds off half the kick. We take them out, absorb the whole fucking thing. Take out an entire fucking family? Let me tell you a couple of three things. Anthony Soprano has no respect for this thing. They make anybody and everybody over there. And the way that they do it, it's all fucked up. Guys don't get their finger pricked. There's no sword and gun on the table. Phil. No, Al. Either it has meaning or no meaning. <laughs> the idea that he's just like, you know, the way they make people over there is all weird. First of all, okay, so they don't do the incense dance, all right? So you're supposed to light up a little bit of sage and dance and say, you know, uh, sing, hey, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, you're in the mafia now. Like, it's just, it's just so fucking silly that, like, one of his biggest gripes is, like, they don't even do it right. Yes. Yeah. It also, like, reminds you of, like, how ridiculous that they they've like they're just like petty criminals and yes. they've, they've ascribed all this like importance through these like silly rituals yeah he's basically saying like we're buffoons if we don't do this stuff right he's saying listen if by him not doing it exactly the way we're supposed to do it then it makes all of us look like we're just a bunch of clowns playing you know like yeah. dress up which they are they yeah. are essentially just pretending to be their fathers and uh, they don't really, you know, the, the, half of what they know about the mafia is based on movies. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's pretty wonderful to watch that. He's also very mad that um, that Tony harbored a uh, F-bomb, mm. which, uh, you know, he's, yeah. uh, he's still mad about. He's still protesting too much. Yeah, he does. Um so, yeah, let's talk about the New York versus New Jersey storyline. So we start with uh, with that scene. And then we have uh, Agent Harris over at Cetrials again. He's the FBI guy. And Tony so, and him are t talking about the Arabs again. I do think the other thing about that scene that I think is really interesting is, like, how it really was, like, they the, the law enforcement just kind of stopped. After 9-11, they just stopped giving a shit about yes. the mafias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that you know, they're it's interesting because the FBI guy is clearly he's kind of like every other non-mafia like civilian in the show where they just kind of like being near the mafia because yeah. it makes them feel cool. And so you can tell he has like as much as he was always trying to arrest Tony Soprano, he still kind of has an allegiance to the New Jersey mafia versus like the New York mafia. Which is why he uh, chases down Tony as he uh, as he leaves Etrials and tells him basically, there's a contract on you and people close to you, and um, and yeah, uh, he also mentions uh, that the mob worked with FDR during World War II, which uh, is I don't know, that's cool. I mean, well, uh, that was what I was trying to explain last time about what they were trying to do with this. Storyline was sort of, you know, mimic the like they were trying to use the FBI, like thinking that they were going to partner with the mafia to find terrorists, uh, yeah. you know, because because they partnered with the mafia during World War Two or whatever. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That was the reason you said. But what I love is also like asking Tony Soprano, like, hey, uh, you wouldn't happen to know any like terrorists or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's like, well, you know, there was a couple of Arab guys that used to come into the Bing a lot. And uh, they stopped coming. And uh, I saw them walking on the street looking more religious. So they're probably terrorists. Like, it's 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 wonderful that you just get, like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is kind of how law enforcement works. But, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But, like, is yeah, law enforcement is just asking an Italian if they know of any scary minorities around. Uh, Italians and, uh, are, uh, 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 being half Italian, I can tell you, they're always excited to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing they love more than to talk so about you're criminals criminal. do you, do you in their vicinity. Do you know any other criminals that may be uh, worse than you? <laughs> you mean other than your mother? Oh. Uh, I uh, I also don't want to sleep on Tony's sandwich order, which I was watching. And I was like, with gabagool with vinegar peppers. And yeah, I, was yeah like, I, I like I stored that in the memory bank. I'm like, I gotta order that next time. I yeah, same thing. I was <laughs> like, uh, and then he takes one bite and he throws it away. I was like, what the fuck. Yeah, well, I think he wasn't in the mood for eating at that point because yeah. he'd just been told that he's about to get hit um, and that a, a mob war has started, all because he, you know, stomped on the head of that guy Coco last episode. But um, And because he doesn't do the sword and gun. But yeah, so um, he orders the gabagool, he throws it down, and then we have uh, Syl and Tony are at the bing, and then uh, Silvio tells him that he killed this guy Bert. Bert was made a formal member of the Soprano crime family in 2006 at the same time as Phil Leotardo's soldier Jerry Torsiano was made a capo in the Lupertazzi family uh, he and Patsy Parisi run the North Ward Emergency Merchants Protective Cooperative is this so that's fan we, fiction? that's where we saw him before <laughs> was when they oh, tried okay. to shake down the Starbucks I think that's one of the only other times we've oh, seen him is when they tried yes. to shake down the Starbucks he tried to shake down the Starbucks that's right um so uh there's so, a yeah, great they... line when they go into the bing about mm-hmm. uh like what happened <laughs> last night and silvio says yeah krista fell off of her shoes it was a whole thing what did that mean Is it's it like you know fell? strippers wear the big tall heels and you can imagine oh. like a drunk stripper like turning an ankle over and just like taking Oof. a header yeah, yeah 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 do you think that they hi- you know for all the scenes in the bada bing through the show do you think that they hired actresses or it was just like hey we're gonna just hire local strippers oh, to come strip here they look like local strippers to me. i would no hope they okay, were good local good because i think that'd be fucked up to not it's yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. i feel like the strippers were uh like a little higher quality in this episode than they have been in past episodes you're talking about the one scene where you see uh the stripper outside naked looking at both yeah both of them yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a good one. That was where all of a sudden, when they cut to that shot, I'm like, this is like an Adam Sandler film all of a sudden. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Just seeing that, seeing a stripper outside yeah, without yeah. context, it's so silly. Yeah. It's like, they all, yeah. And then I, this is also what I love about The Sopranos is that in a way, he'll they'll make like family guy jokes. Like the guy yeah. in the motorcycle gets hit run off and then yeah. we see a car roll over and then we yeah. never see that guy again. Yeah. yeah that's it's uh every no time one thinks about the collateral damage of mob hits but well right that's Sopranos. that's the art of it but also it's just like oh something really dramatic just happened in terms of like a main character of the show just got shot up let's have something really funny happen yeah. with a yeah. uh horrifying you know <laughs> motorcycle accident and then we also saw some titties it was everything i love about the yeah. sopranos <laughs> i think it's a, it's it's a good like the thing that sopranos always did really well i think is like 
it never took itself too seriously. And yes. all the shows and all the shows yes. afterwards that tried to like ape that format of like the anti-hero who mm. is the bad guy but the good guy they always took themselves so fucking seriously and like yeah. they missed the core principles of why the sopranos were right yeah the, the core principle was that like we weren't really trying to get to like tony's deep psychological issues necessarily like that was just a method <clears throat> to get to more sort of jokes and to show how petty he was as right. a person like that yeah like the, the uh, people we talk about the sopranos uh as high art but we part of the reason that we do that is that it didn't necessarily treat itself like that and that's or in the moment i think that's part of the yeah. key to its appeal and the moments where it did treat itself like high art it was a lot of it is things that upon rewatch we don't care for as much anymore like the dream sequences yeah. or like the some of the some of the melfi stuff um, it was whereas, always leavened with dick jokes or titties and meat. Right. And conceptually, the idea of of him seeing the therapist as being kind of just like a, a hilarious late 90s, you know, uh, trope of like, uh, you know, everyone's in therapy now. And, mm-hmm. and it being just a, a modern mobster in a job that does not yield as much money as it once did, nor the respect it once did, talking about how much he hates his stupid son. Uh, it's, uh, it's relatable. but um, The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, yeah, uh, they find out that this hit is going to happen. So he plans out something with um, Bobby and Syl and puts Bobby in charge of, like, uh, getting these two Italian guys <laughs> to come over and kill Phil Leotardo. And, um, and and it's kind of like a game of telephone happens where, like, uh, I think it's Bobby takes the job to Polly and Polly takes the job to Patsy. And then Patsy takes the job to that one, uh, like that junkie one, guy. That one junkie who had like a curiously detailed backstory from another episode. And we're like, why did we learn yeah. so much about that guy? And then, yeah, the guy. And 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 I love that at the point at which he is like ordering these two Italian guys to to murder Phil Leotardo, he's just at a like a porn shop watching <laughs> yeah. a girl get <laughs> <know>. eaten out, <laughs> watching someone else watch porn on a that- PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only sadder thing. Yeah, that that again, like it's just like little touches like that. Like this, this that's this like seedy guy. Mm-hmm. It's like the scene. You there's a way to play that scene where it's super fucking serious. He's ordering this hit, you know. Yeah. And it's like instead they're just like yeah. It's like these guys. The effort isn't really there. Right. You know? No one really wants to take full responsibility of like literally killing the head of another crime family. And they're also like the point of the mafia is that I can delegate my job to someone else. That's mm-hmm. the point of the mafia. So instead of it actually getting done, it's this long game of telephone that ends up with these two Italian caricatures shooting the telephone version of Phil Leotardo, which is just some Ukrainian guy. <laughs> and it's a, it's an amazing scene just for the Ukrainian subtitles alone. Uh, because after, it's like no one in the scene, English is the first language. So everyone, everyone is just, uh, I'll play the rest of that scene for us. For scene. For scene. For sign. For sign. I love they have shot me daddy that was the yeah that, that was the, the exact translation it was just a very funny horrifying death but um 
they did not kill Phil, Phil Leotardo nor his Gumar. Instead, they killed um, two random Ukrainian people. And um, then, you know, the telephone game continues with the junkie You know, homeboys. Ukraine always gets caught in the middle of other people's machinations, you know? <laughs> I know, man. It is. It's a very relevant, uh, you know, nationality right now. To It's yeah. hot right now. It's yeah. hot. People yeah. talking about Ukraine. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, it, it, it was a case of mistaken identity, as the IMDb synopsis uh, said. And um, then Polly finally tells Syl and is like, it's all taken care of. The gray goose is gone. And then we see Murmur uh, show up with a, um, a newspaper. And on the front page is uh, you see not Phil Leotardo is dead. And it is clear that they got it. And the headline says... Double uke slay in Queens, which uh, yeah. feels like a that's a lot. A, a DBL yeah. UKE slay in Queens. It just I don't know if I've ever seen that much abbreviation for. Yeah, I would have assumed that's like variety. Right. Yeah, I would yeah. I would assume it's an article about ukuleles. Like that. Oh, me too. Some guy uh, yeah. just had an awesome uke concert. Like fucking I'm, what's that band? Pomplehurst yeah. or whatever, like she fucking just shredded on that. Uke Slay is a uh, Slayer cover band. It's just ukuleles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be sick. Um, so then, uh, Syl tells Tony that they didn't get Phil, and now Phil is hiding. No one has seen him. So now everyone's going to the mattresses, and uh, they're calling everyone to be like, "Hey, go hide," because. Uh, our plan did not work and poor Bobby does not answer his phone in time. Instead, he is at the train store um, and he is looking at a beautiful model train of the, the blue comet. And uh, I have, uh, I have that scene for us. Beautiful. You never see a blue comet in that condition. I mean, look at the coaches. Every window still lights up. That train still ran New York to AC, Atlantic City, be a much different place today. Better class of people, I suppose. Who the fuck really knows? Imagine, riding in that club car, sipping on a Negroni. They ran the whole set, huh? Well, there's other people interested. I'm gonna go for Your son will like this too. Looks fast. He don't care. See, what was And then he gets shot a bunch. What was happening the... in this scene, if I could explain the art for a moment. Oh, please, please, explain that, the art. Uh, you see, mm. Bobby is hoping not to be bound by the constraints of time and the linear nature of, uh, uh, of time. And he, in that uh -huh. moment, he gets his wish by, you know, being forcefully shuffled off his mortal coil. Oh, I thought it was because he liked choo-choo train. <laughs> choo-choo train fun. And it'd be funny if while he buy choo-choo train, he gets shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, it works on that, levels. That scene also was like, you know, watching a show that's like 14, 15 years old. I was watching this and nothing really felt. I, I was surprised how little, how like not dated it felt. Like I was like, oh, yeah. this just feels like something on TV. And then the way that scene was directed where they're like, zooming in on a train yeah. and then on somebody's i was like oh what the fuck happened here? this yeah. is like so of another time it's like uh yeah we not that long ago i rewatched the pilot of uh the shield 
mm-hmm. the whole climax to the shield starts with like bah, with the bah, the bang, the bang, bang. <laughs> and like the whole that plays under the whole climax. Oh, no. oh and my you can't, God. yeah, and you can't like watch it. You're like, right. oh right, this is, and that's how yeah. I felt in this scene. I was like, this is such a dated way to shoot. Yeah, this. I was disappointed. I mean, obviously, like sad to let go of the character of Bobby is such a good character. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, that's one of the few death scenes that they didn't really play for laughs in any way. Like the other, like the yeah. garot scene, you got the little toy dog. That, I mean, that was just perfect as a, as a, as a Sopranos yeah. death scene. That's like sort of, the, you see, I, I, arc, I saw archetype. I saw them. I saw it as they were playing it for laughs because what he ends up that he he's dying, buying an eight, thousand dollar model train set yeah that is yeah. very funny to me sure i and you know it's it not wasn't like slapstick you know, enough like that felt the, that sure. the hit felt slightly professional you know well they were giving it a little bit more weight i think because yeah. uh no you know they were like hey it's it's bobby we gotta we gotta give it more weight but like you know he could have choked on a sandwich and it would have been great too but i think I think him dying doing what he loved, which is paying way too much for model trains, <laughs> is uh I don't know, it's it's beautiful in a way. And uh it's at that point when uh Syl and Patsy are packing up to leave the Bing. I don't know if they know at that point that uh Bobby is dead. I kinda doubt it. And then they get cornered in the parking lot and shot. Um and it looks like Syl is fucked up pretty bad. I think he's they say he's in a coma. Uh, Patsy escapes, and then a motorcyclist is hit multiple times, and and everyone laughs. Um, one second, guys. I'm going to go pee. Okay. You guys, okay. Sorry, just give me a second. Uh, Vince, tomorrow's Pat's birthday. Oh, nice. And I uh, got him a cameo from Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> That's a thing. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I haven't uh, looked at it yet. It just got sent to me, but I'm, I'm uh, pretty excited to check it out. Wow. Podcast. My mom made trout. You I'm at mom's my mom's. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're getting our uh, our house fumigated. So hmm. I would love it if your mom was like super huge, like Nordberg was in the Police Squad show, <laughs> where we could only see like this from here down. And you're like, Mom, you got something on your face, and it's an entire banana that you pull on the screen. I would love that too, man uh that'd be great okay so um then tony comes home to see carm and roe looking at some pictures from their paris trip and uh tony takes carm aside to let her know that bobby is dead the, and the only thing the- i could think during this episode was like god damn how many times are you gonna make Edie falco carry the emotional weight of someone's death i feel like every time there's yeah. a death you got to tell karma about it because holy shit like she she has that acting move like down where she can sell the shit out of that every single time. Right. It's she she's able to sell the weight of something horrible happening. The uh, the kind of not that like James Gandolfini can't, but he plays such like a I mean his character is such that he isn't going to cry about it. He's going to be like, "Oh fuck, I got to get the fuck out of here." And so it's not until Edie Falco, you know, is uh panicking that you're like, oh yeah, this is this is really bad, isn't it? And she also does like the right level of panicking. You yeah, know, she had to she had to take that this news during the course of the series so many times. Yes, and it's like she always figures out the right choice to make. Like it's yeah. she's she's very good. 
It's it's because it's like this mixture of both like you know shock, but also like frustration. Yeah. At, like not again. Like I mean, you just gotta. It'd be very annoying to be a mob wife. I'll say that much. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, I have want a, that for myself for my child. for my daughter. Is that my daughter in there? Okay. So I have a clip of that. Nobody called you. No. What's the matter? Bobby's dead. He's shot. Shell's in the hospital. What happened? Could be several things. Leave here? What are you talking about? Just temporarily till we get the situation under control. What does that mean? Calm, help me out here. You mean that they're after you? You and the kids go, I'll be somewhere else. Oh my God! Now look, families don't get touched. You know that. Hmm? Where should I go? Where are you going to go? The house you just bought. The estate sale. Go there. AJ, how are you going to get him to go along? He won't leave his room, let alone the house. He's going to leave the house. Tony? On a piece of plywood if necessary, but he's going to leave the house. So now we get into the AJ storyline of this episode. Um, I think that is a good transition. AJ, uh, is, it's, we start out, he's still at the psych ward. And uh, he is, if you remember, he kind of low-key tried to kill himself in the last episode. Um I mean, I'm not sure how hard he tried, but he definitely seemed kind of like he wanted to die, but just not enough to take one of the many guns from the house and shoot himself. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he is over at the psych ward, and uh, you see him uh, meeting this girl, Rhiannon, who is uh, uh, just... I guess someone who AJ went to school with or yeah, trying to catch her on the rebound. She was Hernan's girlfriend, but uh, you know, yeah. she caught him finger banging her cousin on the ski lift, <laughs> yeah. which I mean, seems hard. Like you got all those, you got to take a glove off and you got to get yeah, underneath like a ski. You got to really want a finger bang yeah. to <laughs> do it with all those snow gear on. Yeah. 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 It does You're just seem a kind demon of for finger banging. If you can get a finger. <laughs> yeah. If you can drop a digit on a chairlift. Whew. It's also I mean, really cold. It's the whole seems, thing. Yeah. is not. Well, that's what you put your finger in there to keep it warm. <laughs> right. But how do you have well, a good point? But how do you even get it? You have to go under the pants. It's got to be a snowboarder, too, because I feel like skiers wear. Don't they wear a full body? Yeah, they probably wearing the bib thing with the over, like the overall looking ski bib thing it's also not a long ride yeah it's not i a... mean it depends which i guess lift you're on if you're like on one of those like really long ski lifts you could probably get a finger in there before maybe you it's had the to gondola i could see like the full the enclosed gondola ride oh i didn't think it was could be finger banging the gondola yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's in front of so many other people yeah because that that's to me that's even worse it's not only did you try to he tried to finger bang her cousin, but that's like almost the mile high club. You're, you're there. in like the couple hundred feet high club. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. above. You're, yeah, you're above ground. Yeah. It's not that, and probably yeah. way above sea level. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would give him, I would give him the benefit of the doubt and call that the mile high club. I mean, you have to be wet too. Like it seems like it'd be hard to be wet and cold at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't have a vagina. Anyways, Hernan is gross, um, but Rhiannon is hot. So that's that. Um, and uh, she signed so with Elite. She signed with the yeah Elite Modeling Agency. Yeah, that's which, one of the uh, best ones I've heard. Yeah, they are, you know, top one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Carm and Tony get the bill. They find out that they're paying twenty two hundred dollars a day 
for uh, him to stay there. And then in this scene, after he gets the bill, he looks out into the, the, the glass to see what's going on. And it's just AJ watching TV. Doing yeah, what he would, what he would usually do <laughs> at home. Again, like, such a great moment. <laughs> it's so amazing, just like, and you could see the look on fucking Tony's face, where he's just like, "This motherfucking kid <laughs> is I like it's, uh, you know, because it, it brings into question like the, this conversation that was actually happening between Tony and Carmen the previous episode, where Tony is saying he's depressed after you know his son tries to kill himself. And and Carmela rather like coldly is just like, I don't want to hear that shit. I've had enough of hearing about people who are depressed. All of you guys just use depression to excuse, you know, your shitty behavior. And there's part of me watching Tony look at his dipshit son play video games in the $2,200 a day psych ward where he must sort of feel like that's what's going on here. You know, like, oh, yeah. did did my son engineer a way for him to have like an excuse to just stay inside and play video games and not even feel bad about it? Who knows? I think it's possible. It's also such just like such a parenting moment where you're like, I'm paying how much for this? Yeah. And he's doing fucking what? <laughs> yeah. Like it's just <laughs> such a like yeah. It's it just <laughs> like I feel that when I like go to McDonald's, I'm like, you left six chicken fingers in there. You didn't want to eat any of them, but you you asked me to order like it's just yeah. like you just get to this like place where everything kind of drives you insane. Well yeah. kids will just like ask for a thing they'll ask for an amount of food that you know is preposterous but they will swear yeah. them down that they're gonna eat it and of course they don't it's like okay yeah. yeah um so aj uh he gets back home uh and uh i there's this quick scene with aj where he walks down the stairs and then um meadow is like wow you finally slept and he just says i wasn't asleep which he says with a smile but it's like I'm not really sure what was going on in that moment other than like they, he just uh, doesn't want them in any way to feel calm about his presence back at home. Like, I don't, I don't know why he mentioned not the, maybe it's cause he really wasn't asleep, but I just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. Um, and then he also mentions uh, that he can't find his belt. <laughs> and it turns out his mom, I think took all of the belts out of the room. Yeah. 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 I like how she plays dumb in that scene. That was a very, very good moment there. And, and there's two moments where uh, there's a little bit of uh, AJ uh, suicide proofing the house uh, for AJ. One is the, mo- uh, is, uh, the belts. The next is you see uh, in a scene with Janice where Tony is draining the pool. <laughs> And, yes. and he says it's because of like maintenance or something. Actually, I think I have a I have a clip of that. Don't cry. Good little girls don't cry. Babies cry. <laughs> Such a great Janice. Hey. How's it going? Emptying the pool, huh? Cost the fortune of heat. Yeah. The, the, like that moment. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good excuse for that. That's, he's also uh, draining it into like a nearby creek, right? He's not like. He's yeah, not it's just like straight up chlorinated water going into a creek that's right by. That's the other thing that they really get right about the show is just like the lack of thought about the outside world. It's like, yeah, yeah this fucking 
8,000 gallons of chlorinated water. We're just going to send that right into a creek. <laughs> right into the ocean. I just, it's, it's just another version of this like asbestos theme that's been happening in the season where they're just dumping asbestos in random spots uh, in, in New Jersey. It's just, yeah, they don't give a shit. Um, I, I didn't know it was into a creek. I thought he was just <laughs> watering the trees around his house with chlorine right, water. Right, yeah, it's a big reveal. Oh, it's pretty amazing. Um, so now, AJ, uh, after the scene with uh, Carm and Tony, um, you know, him saying, we're going to get AJ out of the house, uh, Tony goes up to AJ's room, and he's just lying in bed, I think fully clothed, but under the covers. And uh, while Rhiannon, his new sort of girlfriend, is just reading a War on Terror blog. Um, and, uh, and then Tony bursts into uh, AJ's room and kicks Rhiannon out. And I, uh, I have a, a, a clip of the scene. It says Shukra Jamai brought nuclear material into the country from Mexico in 2002. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> that's one of my favorite exchanges in the show because it is the classic, like, 18 year old boy, like, just waiting for the moment when they can maybe hook up. And anything she says, he can't even, like, think to put together a full sentence to show he's interested. So he's just like, whoa, fuck. Oh, shit, dude. That's what's up. Oh, that's what's yeah, up. Yeah. That's crazy. That, dude, that's, that's fuck, crazy. That's fucked up, oh. dude. Oh, that's all hell no. Oh. Dude, when he brought that fucking material over oh. there, that's all jacked up. Oh, who did that? <laughs> Sh- Sugar Jamai? Not him. Not him. Oh, that's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Al-Qaeda did that? Fuck. I hate Al. Sometimes that's... I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Tony comes into the room. Leave us alone, hon. You just bust in. I mean, we could have been doing anything. Yeah, but what were you doing? Nothing. (laughs) I love that Tony is just like, yeah, well, first of all, you're fucking queer. Let's make that. Like, he's he's such a dick to him. Never never misses an opportunity to shame him. Yeah, nothing was going on in here, Johnny Dry Fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Dry Fingers. Uh, Yeah. Yoko Bobby's dead. What? He got shot. What do you mean he got shot? It's important that we all leave for a little while until things settle down. Holy fuck. It's just a precaution. I'm going to be dependent on you to help out your mother. Well, help out how? Just do what she asks. Help her. With Aunt Janice, whatever. Uncle Bobby's dead. Yeah. You know, this is really depressing to me. He was a good guy. I was already having so much trouble maintaining. Pack a bag. Now! You don't need no sandals or fuck a resort way. It's like an Adam Sandler album, really, when you just listen to the audio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it works so well. And just like, you know, just him 
dragging him out of bed and he's his legs are wrapped in xbox cords like there's no part of him that's not connected to something else it's just this giant loser rube goldberg machine (laughs) brings down the whole room pornos falling from the ceiling yeah i don't know about you jack socks but in that moment i was kind of like oh god i wish tony would just throw him against the wall or something you're like he's being such a little shit that you're like ugh. i'm so glad he has an abusive father Like, this is really depressing to me. (laughs) Like, making the death of Bobby about him in that moment is just just a beautiful touch for AJ. Just being like, you know, this is just for me and me alone. This is a depressing moment. And uh, I don't know if I can maintain, which is, I think he was also trying to be like, can I go back to the psych ward? That was kind of fun. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm one step closer to the edge and I'm just, and I'm, I'm, about a, I'm about to break over here. <laughs> oh yes. So he drags him out of bed and, it's uh, just one of those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, uh Tony and, uh, some of his mafioso pals, they all go hide out in, I think, is that Livia's house? I don't know where, where were they? That, that The house that they're hiding in. It looked like his mom's old house. Do, do you have a theory on that, Vince? I don't know, dude. <laughs> the psych ward right. looks like his mom's old house? No, no. Where, no, Tony, no, where, he, where Tony hides out. He was reading. End. You were reading again, weren't you? I was not. You? I've never read. You were, you were reading and you weren't paying attention. This is... Yeah. Wasn't the place where Tony was hiding out in the end of the episode? Was that not Livia's house? I, I didn't make that connection. But now, I mean, now that you say that, like, I, I guess, I don't know. I like it didn't. Yeah, it didn't occur to me at the time. Doesn't matter. He's somewhere. Someone who likes the Sopranos will, will let us know. <laughs> and we won't read the email because why would we? Um, and uh, yeah, then they all decide uh, to stay, which I thought is um, a very cute moment. Um, and I have a. Uh, clip of that i'm gonna bunk down here all right you go take care of your wife that uh you too where the fuck i gotta be yeah i'm gonna stay we go to our beats yeah (laughs) i like they're all using this as an opportunity to order a pizza which uh, no trauma is too great for italians not to immediately start thinking about food yeah i like like the guy's like and a couple of salads too yeah (laughs) let's stay healthy all right you know we don't want the heart disease to kill us if phil doesn't you know um yeah and uh paper plates which I enjoy. Um, and yeah, so that is how the episode ends. But th- we have not talked about the one storyline that I think we all, mm. Uh, mm. you know, have, are kind of over. But I think it's the ending of Melfi. So we have to talk about it. I mean, I, my um, only notes that I wrote down was like, Jesus, Melfi, uh, get off the clock sometime. Like once for once in your life, just punch the clock and have fun yeah. and be a human being. Well, I will say my favorite scene uh, with Melfi um, this season was in this episode. And it was the Melfi and Elliot are all sitting around having having a psychiatrist dinner together, listening to shit jazz and uh, (laughs) drinking Italian red wine dog shit music. 
Yeah, yeah, just like the ultimate just in, in, intelligentsia hangout sesh. Um, and uh, and basically Elliot snitches, which um, is, I, I don't know if that's allowed, if you're allowed to just say who. No, some- that's like my wife is a, my All wife right. is a therapist and yeah. uh, you are not allowed to say who your clients are. You cannot tell people who your clients are. Yeah, and and like the idea that it's like, oh, we're we're all among friends, we're all colleagues, and I was like, I think it's still snitching, um, but it's it's a great scene, and I, I do have a clip of that. Did you put her up to this? She just happened to mention this study. Oh right, so the study that is mentioned is this was mentioned in the last episode where it's a a study about how uh, criminals can't. They don't benefit from therapy. Sociopaths are like the Irish. They do not benefit from uh-huh. therapy. Yeah. Exactly. All sociopaths are Irish. That is the study. Who, me? To study. Food for thought. She's blowing us off. You just can't resist rubbing my face in it. I only suggested you reevaluate your work with lead belly or be prepared to deal with moral and possibly legal consequences uh lead belly who's that come on the answer is a female opera singer and gangster da, 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 Elliot. Da, da. chill out we're among friends we're all professionals so uh what's your verdict on the wine jen all italians have big noses If I had made that joke about other groups represented at this table, I would be called a bigot. I meant Italian reds. I don't know what happened at the end of that scene. That was so, I was watching, I was like, did all of a sudden the the writers of Two and a Half Men take over this, like, (laughs) fucking scene? It was banana. I was like, this is... What's happening? I have no idea. It's like, literally, I guess... At this point, I just assume they're all drunk and they're and they're all liberals, and so someone makes a. I mean, what they're going for just sucks. Do Italians have big noses? Is that is that part of is that one of the stereotypes of Italians? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, but like, is it? But it's it's not one of the like seen Michael Imperioli. No, that's true. But like, yeah, it's not one of the top ones. Like the yeah. main ones are that you you guys are all plumbers and stuff. But like, I don't know. I feel that, like that's up there. I don't know. No, that you guys go down into pipes and jump on mushrooms is sure, the sure. main I mean, ones that. that I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's that- just it's sad because Peter Bogdanovich as Elliot Kupferberg is one of wonderful. the greatest and most inspired casting choices. Like I think in the yeah, history of it's television. really good. Um, just his face, the way he like looks at you with those like upturned eyebrows and doesn't mm-hmm. say anything, but he's still such a smug piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. And then just the writing of that was, yeah, it was like a New Yorker cartoon. Like what? Well, he got drunk and he spilled the beans and it, it, he did the thing that every show I think subsequently is done where it's like the exciting moment where the secret is revealed. Right. You know, it's like Dexter when you find out his sister finds out he's a serial killer or fucking, you know, Breaking Bad when Skyler finds out he's a drug dealer. It's like this is, you know, this is all the therapists in her life are like, oh, you're treating Tony Soprano? Yeah. Anyways. But- <laughs> 
but it like it's a real like in the in the context of everything else that's happening in this scene which is like mafia hits and yeah. crazy shit <laughs> happening it's like you can't expect me to give a shit about a scene with eight therapists six of whom we've never met yeah. having <laughs> finding out information that she treats tony soprano like I don't know. That's what I mean, that was I thought always that worked better than the weird like, oh, t- don't do anti-Italian discrimination. Oh, I was just talking about the wine. Like, oh, that, that was crazy. Like, that, that was like, what is that? It's just like, how did this make it into the show? I I really don't know what that was about. It, it it just was this weird moment where they just wanted to be like, man, even in the mafia, even not in the mafia, sometimes Jews and Italians don't get along, huh? Like that. I, 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 I think, that, I, I I think what I they think. were, I felt like what they were going for was just uh, like Melfi's humorlessness about the whole situation and being like, so yeah, into it that she couldn't possibly like have a, you know, feeling, feeling like she was, like she has that moment where like she can't participate in the joke, uh, and then she like retroactively sort of uh, feels she, ashamed she, about it, and like some somehow her shame turns into her dropping Tony as a client kind of thing. I mean, also she says like what she said was actually anti-Semitic, whereas what the other person said I don't think is a big enough stereotype for it to be anti-Italian. It would just be like, you know, uh, hey, you know, I, I heard uh, you Italians are good at saving money. And then he's like, well, you know, what? if I said that about you Jews, it's like, okay, fuck. I, Jesus. I think what she, she got called out for, like in that moment, she became Tony where like she's using this weird, uh, oh, you're just being racist as like a deflection of their valid point. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, so anyways, then you see Melfi finally reading that study and the the study essentially says that, um, you know, uh, these people, the criminal's sentimentality reveals itself in compassion for babies and pets. The criminal uses insight to justify heinous acts. Therapy has potential for non-criminals, but for criminals and the Irish... Uh, it becomes <laughs> one more a criminal study, enterprise. which is like, OK, let's draw a hard, uh, a hard red line between criminals uh, and yeah. the rest of society. Like they're a completely different race of humans. Right. Yeah. Also, like the legal definition of criminal is such a nebulous thing, depending yeah. on where you are. It's just yeah. like <laughs> the idea that someone who smoked weed once could never <laughs> fucking yeah. benefit from therapy or someone with a parking ticket. Anyways. So then the very last scene between Tony and Melfi ever is um is I here's the thing I enjoyed it because of the fact that she at this point knows that Elliot is right he she needs to get out of this he's not fucking he's never going to get better and he is justifying his heinous acts through the use of her therapy which is something we've known this entire time and she can't find a real reason to do it. So the, she actually catches him in the waiting room going through a departures magazine. And he sees a, a recipe for a, a steak marinade with Basque peppers. And uh, sounds pretty good, I, let's be honest. It's, it yeah, sounds it amazing. Did. But I was reading some of the copy and it was just like, Columbus returned from the New World with chili peppers as a curiosity. The pungent pods were soon discovered as a substitute for black pepper. And then he's like, this looked pretty good to me. He rips it out, <laughs> put, folds it, puts it in his pocket. And then... That's the, more reason that Columbus was the hero. 
Yeah, that, yeah. The, in this house, Columbus is a hero because he discovered Basque peppers. Um, so Tony opens the scene with Melfi by asking, "Hey, uh, so what do you clear a year around here?" Which uh, I think is always the most polite question to ask anybody is how much That's money right. they make every year after taxes. Um, and then he goes into basically displaying all of the behavior that the study she just read uh, <laughs> said a criminal would do. The crocodile tears, the like talking about he, he mentions babies and um, eventually uh, she just starts kind of like interrupting him. And uh, I, I, I have some of their exchange, which I think is honestly pretty pretty good i i enjoy it pretty the departures magazine out there did you give any thought at all to someone else who might want to read it before you tore out the entire page what is that the first time you've defaced my reading materials that's a great reason to fire someone by the way is you're defacing my reading material you saw that huh now people tear shit out of your magazines all the time they're a mess I try to read them. I don't think I can help you. Well, change them. Bring in some new shit. I mean therapeutically. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Well, what the fuck is this? You're uh, firing me because I defaced your departures magazine? I'm giving you my considered medical opinion. Okay, listen, I'm going to tell you something, and you're not going to like it, but we can say anything. In Go here, right? ahead. I'm choking this all up. The female menopausal situation. <laughs> You're not my gynecologist. Well, you don't need a gynecologist to know which way the wind blows. <laughs> Just a fant- <laughs> fantastic. You do what not I, need a gynecologist to know which way the wind blows, guys. What I what I found like what I, what I did enjoy about that scene was that it like reduced the two to like both of them being kind of stupid right (laughs) like she can't find an elegant way out of the situation which she calls her on and then at the end of the day he's somebody who's like it's because you're bmsing (laughs) it's like you know like he's also not exactly like a you know fucking rocket scientist so right yeah i think they wrote this as every bad breakup where yes uh, that's what they did it's like two people that need to break up but they can't figure out a succinct way to sum up like an entire relationship's worth of problems and incompatibility so it's like oh i can't believe you ate my last two fucking french fries and you're like, right oh you're really that mad at me about the french fries and it's like no she's not she's mad at you about like literally every other thing but uh this just happened right. to be like the closest the closest wound at hand that they could point to yeah you know you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of the scene uh, in the Sopranos where do you remember when Janice um, realizes that she's like kind of like into Bobby and that Bobby would be a better way to like marry into, you know, the mob or whatever. And she needs to break up with Ralphie and she finds some weird excuse about like you put your shoes in the wrong place yeah. or something random. Yeah. And then she pushes him down the stairs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, Oh, I'm going to kill you. You bitch. It's over. You bitch. <laughs> and it was like, that's what it felt like. It was, it was yeah. absolutely just Melfi pushing Tony down the stairs for like ripping the yeah. departures magazine. Absolutely. It was, it was a great way to, to end 
the the Melfi and Tony relationship though, just like finding the worst reason possible. Yeah, the funniest just, reason possible. It ends in the dumbest way possible because that's how it would end. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's and, how most breakups happen. Yeah, it didn't. Des- it, yeah, it didn't like des- uh, deserve more than that. I'm glad they didn't like overthink it. No. Yeah, yeah, samezies, and yeah, and that is the episode. Um, do we have a favorite scene, least favorite scene, or a scene that we did not mention, Vince? Uh, I think you know. I think we talked about. It. I mentioned the you know Hernan was finger banging my cousin, yep. and uh, and um, Krista fell off her shoes. And uh, Phil being like, ah, they don't even do the ceremony right. Those are my three. Yeah, those, big, those, those are, are my three biggest laugh moments for me. Yeah, Justin, did you have a scene, a favorite, least favorite, or a scene that we did not mention? And definitely my favorite, which you mentioned, was DHL <laughs> <laughs> for sign. Uh, like just adding a syllable to L is incredible. You got to sign them up uh, before the package. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think my favorite scene was just the Ukrainian woman being shot and saying (laughs) they have shot me daddy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that is, I think we've, Pretty much mentioned everything, and and if I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do, because uh, we've otherwise established your that. family will be killed. Otherwise, they'll kill my family. Um, yeah, I'd have to give it, uh, yeah, a B plus. I think I give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, solid B plus, definitely. I think I made okay. it this time too. Oh, all right. And uh, Justin, if you had I, to give this a letter grade, what would you give it? I genuinely think a B plus is probably right where. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is a genuinely solid B-plus episode of The Sopranos, and of course, a solid A-plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Justin Halpern, thank you so much for coming back on the pod and talking Sopranos with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, where can where can people find you? What uh, What's your address? Uh, Los Angeles. Uh... <laughs> They, they can find me. I feel like all of your fans already find me because once a week, someone will tweet at me the Papa Roach, some Papa Roach <laughs> related thing. Important. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Which, which I love. Um, of but course. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. My, yeah. My Twitter is at uh, Justin underscore Halpern. Check him out on Twitter. It's a great website. Thank you so much, Justin, for coming back on the show. Thank you, guys. A plus, right. A plus uh, appearance once again. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes where we talk about movies and other things. Uh, the $8 tier gets you a shout out, Vince. Do you have your mafia name hat on? Yeah. In fact, I gave my own son a mafia name. Tonight. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call him what? Sammy Two Teeth because you got two teeth. he's got two teeth right now. He's got two bottom That's- teeth. And that's what he tries to chew with. It's very cute. That's adorable. Oh, little Sammy two teeth. Um, Of course, he now has to be pay eight dollars to us. So just Venmo me four dollars whenever you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So our shout outs this week. First, we have Richard Cunningham. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean. He's got a dick, he's got a cunny, and he's got ham in the name. I mean, there's just yeah. 
There's just too much. There's too many options. Uh, no. You know, we call, we, we call <laughs> this guy the cunny. All right. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Richard the cunny cunny. Oi, cunny. Give us a tinny, mate. Uh, oh, oh, it's you, Oi, cunny. fucking oath, mate. Give me a cunny. Oh, put it right in your cunny. Put your Richard in me cunny and am. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, next, we have Kelly Kitchell. Did we not do her last week? Him? No, it's a, I don't know. No, I think I think Kelly is an actual female girl. All right. Let's, uh, uh, sometimes we get sometimes we get female girls. Hey, that's uh, that's KK. We'll call her KK. 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 You don't want to hey. say KKK or KK. Yeah, no, no, no. You have to have the right number of Ks. It's the whole thing. Uh, yeah, she actually wrote and she said, I'm officially supporting you because, frankly, uh, I owe you. I love Pod Yourself a Gun and I'm devastated it's almost done. What then? I struggle to talk about Sopranos with anyone because no one I know has watched it as many times as I have. Um, oh, also, she, for some reason, um, she only saw the one picture of us and she thought I was you and you were me. Huh, so right. she pictured you singing all of the Bada B stories, hmm. and now it's it's fucked up her life that that's not correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that that happened, but it's me. I could, um, maybe, no. Yeah, I would love for you. Are you kidding, dude? I would love if once a week you would just be like, here's my song, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would love it, because then it would be like, it would be fun. We could, I could take a break. Um. <laughs> So the next is we have the wonderful Stacy Ogilvie. Ah, we call is this a girl or a guy? Stacy is a, I think another girl. All right. Um, call, which is we call incredible. her the perv because she's always ogling V's. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. That was a pretty good man. Yeah. That was a. Right. I love that. Oh, I love you. Uh, we we love Stacy Ogilvie. Um, uh, next we have Michael Coe. Michael Coe. Uh, co what we call this guy the partner? We don't know what he's the co <laughs> of, but very yeah, good, probably something good. Yeah, there it is. Uh, next is Paul Wilson. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, we call this guy not, not very hard. <laughs> <laughs> the least mafia name. <laughs> like. Um. Yeah, I was surprised you got Michael Coe so fast. I was like, "Oh, that's something," because uh-huh. I'd have been, I'd have been gone. But Paul Wilson, good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call this guy Will Call because you know he's this guy's got the ticket. You know, he's yeah, Paul Will Call, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. fi- finally, uh, Russell Strandberg up to twenty dollars. That is the mystery frauding theater um tier and we have to do one of those uh soon because uh that's why the tier exists yeah well so yeah russell strandberg ah strandberg the berg iceberg we call we call this guy uh, titanic because he's always going down you know what i mean yeah hey gobble, gobble. and those are the shout outs for this week if you did not hear your name it is because i have saved them for next week um and uh we, you know, we have a couple that we didn't say because I don't want to overload Vince. But again, please join the eight dollar tier for your shout out. Just because there's one more episode left, you have to get your name on. You can't have gone through this whole experience and not get your name. So I'm sorry for yeah, yelling, yeah, but yeah, please, yeah. You gotta get uh, your name. It's true. Eight dollar tier, Patreon.com/slash/Frogcast.
Frogcast at gmail.com for all of your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so, so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Six being has come and passed. We're almost done with this podcast. Wake me up. When Sopranos ends Vince Mancini's dick is trash Six seasons has gone so fast Wake me up When Sopranos ends Yeah, bitch Here comes Philly again Scheming with the mob Puts a hit on Tony again That's a spicy meatball Ask Bobby by some model trains Goombas blow out all his brains Wake me up when Sopranos end
Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.